Hello and welcome. We didn't sing. Town alone. What's up? <laughs> we didn't. Oh, we didn't, we didn't sing. sing. <laughs> Fuck me. Cut. I'll be honest. I really felt like I was forgetting something. I just sure. couldn't figure out what it was. Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Town Alone Podcast, the podcast brought to you by the Internet Wheel. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always is Mike OG Ananobi Fan Club President Regan. Mike Regan, how you doing today? How dare you? How? You gotta how be, dare he, you? He's on your team regardless. They're gonna give they're gonna give him an extension. You just it's time to, you know? It, it's like when you're sitting in the snow freezing to death, and at a certain point you just have to give in to the warmth. It's time to just give in. He's there. He's the warmth of hypothermia I have to yeah. give in to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing great. Th- How could I not be doing good today as a college football fan? Big day. Because you're recording instead of watching? No, I got I got uh, Wisconsin LSU on up here. I, I oh. live bet LSU just so Brian Kelly could once again let me down. Hey, can I, can I bitch about gambling real quick? Yeah, why not? So I, in large part, do not bet on sports anymore. Okay. And I know, I know, I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit because we do a lot of sports gambling talk on here. But you're better than me. I just kind of came to the realization that I'm working with asymmetric information. Like outside of the top one percent sharps in the world, the the sports books are going to beat me. I'm mm-hmm. going to lose to the sports books, and so I really don't do it. But then yesterday, the Devon A chain line was fifty one and a half rushing yards. Raheem Mostert was out. Jalen Waddle was out, and the Ravens' defense is really susceptible to the run because they don't load the box. They like to play uh, like a five-one, a five-one-five, um, like a five-one with a nickel. They yeah. love to play that. Like they, they like to get a lot of defense backs out there, and they usually don't need to load the box because they ha- have probably the best linebacking duo in the league. But the fifty-one and a half seemed like a fucking breeze to me, so I deposited a hundred bucks and bet. On HN over 51 and a half. Mm-hmm. Hit it easy. Hit a, he had 107 yards. Yeah. Took the money I deposited back out. Could have just left with my, my profits and moved on. Got greedy. Took all of my profits I made and bet Javante Williams over 55 and a half. Which lost. Yeah. I Why did I get greedy? I made I've made like <sighs> one bet in 10 weeks. And I hit it. And I only made it because it seemed so fucking sure to happen. And then immediately I get greedy and lose my entire profit. Yeah, yeah that's how gambling works. So I've been around I've, for so long. I've never felt stupider. I was pissed about it today. Like the mm. next day. Like I didn't even lose money. I, I only didn't make money. And I was pissed about it today. A, a very important thing for everybody who likes to gamble to remember is as much as we like to think we are all geniuses, gambling is not a skill. <laughs> no. We there think we have all the information, and we're so smart. But at the end of the day, it's not a skill. There are people out there who make money gambling, but just about all of them make money gambling by selling the fact that they make money gambling to other people yes. who will buy into it. Like, the mm-hmm. reason Warren Sharp charges money to go on his website is because it is more profitable to have people subscribe to you telling them how they should gamble than to actually make money gambling. I was literally just having this conversation with someone like last week. I was like, all the people who you think of were like, yeah, I, like gambling is what I do for a living. They no, they're content creators. They all have some kind of content that they sell around their gambling. Yeah. 
Anyways, I got I got one interesting tidbit for you, and then we'll get into our normal segments here. Mike, okay. how many perfect passer rating games have there been in the history of the NFL? As, as far as I could tell, the stat goes back to 1948, and the perfect passer rating is the 158.3. There's been six. Six total. Yes. 82. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's going way under on this. I was I thought it was going to be so much higher. I feel like I hear about a perfect passer rating game like four times a season. Yeah, I don't I thought it would have been a higher feat to get, but I guess I'm stupid. There's like five or six quarterbacks that have three of them ever. Like three what? perfect passer rating games. That's crazy to me. What's the history of the passer rating system? Like how is 158.3? Why is that the scale it's on i'm not sure i was uh, but i can tell you that to achieve a perfect passer rating game you have to have a minimum of 10 passing attempts zero interceptions 77.5 percent completion and 11.875 percent of your passes have to go for a touchdown with a minimum of 12 and a half yards per attempt oh that's like i know we're gonna we're gonna like go crazy about them in a minute but that's like basically tailor made for a guy like Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> Low passing attempts. He gets hot. That's a perfect passer rating all day. Which is what he had yesterday. He had a perfect yes. passer rating yesterday. Yeah. I forgot to turn off my heat. Oh, it's just going to so, get toasty in here. It's so loud I can hear it. I'm sure you it's, can. It's all like, Arruga! Arruga! <laughs> it's a cartoon wolf who just saw a hot woman. Or a cartoon like horn, like in a truck. Eh, either one or works. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, week 17's in the book. No Monday night game. And as we do every Monday, we talk about the Monday morning headlines. How about I I start us off here this week, Mike? Okay, okay, Adam. Adam, okay. (laughs) You can't do that. I haven't watched the season finale of Letterkenny yet. (laughs) Oh, okay. They all die. Oh, man. That's crazy. (laughs) So I'm going to start off here with, I guess, something that's obvious, but something we really need to talk more about. The NFC South is terrible, man. Yesterday, the Tampa Bay Bucks lose to the New Orleans Saints to where now we have to watch two 8-8 eight and eight teams duke it out over two teams below 500 to see who can win this division. So, I guess, positive side of things, unless both teams lose, which I guess is a possibility, the winner of the NFC South will probably have a winning record. So, hooray, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But... Tampa Bay has to beat the Panthers next week to make it in. And, well, that doesn't seem that hard as David Tepper appears to be having a, a temper tantrum. And that probably is going to distract from the team preparing for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay could have clinched this division weeks ago, man. Yeah, I think last week I said, like, we all need to settle down stop this, like, Tampa Bay talk. Uh, I, at least that's the thought I've had. And so I, it was joyful for me to see them it's not even like they got hit by like a buzzsaw of a team this is the new orleans saints this is Derek carr <laughs> like is, is there a more like eh, okay like qb battle <laughs> yeah. than Derek carr versus baker mayfield yeah Derek carr versus baker mayfield for the nfc south title seems like a simpsons joke yeah <laughs> but baker mayfield has throws two interceptions on top of that, Tampa adds two fumbles in a need-to-win game. Or I guess not need-to-win, but probably should-win game. Mm-hmm. I was looking in at this, Mike. 
the NFC South, like we're, we're going to have to watch one of these teams in the playoffs. Here's a list of all of the quarterbacks that have played for an NFC South team this year. And I want you to just tell me who you think the best quarterback, like which one of these quarterbacks would you most want to see in a playoff game? Okay. Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, Bryce Young, and Andy Dalton. No, it's Jameis Winston. It's like Jameis Winston, number one, maybe like Heineke two, Bryce Young three. At least those are like fun options. Taysom Hill as starting QB, but if it was with like Kyle Shanahan calling the <laughs> offense, like someone fun. I've never seen a quarterback go it like in full field motion before, but that would be super fun to watch in yeah. the Shanahan offense. Yeah. Oh fuck. Let's get Taysom Hill to the 49ers. What a genius <laughs> idea. All of a sudden Taysom Hill is gonna be getting MVP votes next year. Yeah. He's gonna be the first player to post a thousand, thousand, a thousand. <laughs> and he'll probably do another twenty and twenty. He'll have twenty picks and twenty touchdowns. It'll be a great <laughs> season. I'm fucking looking forward to to Taysom Hill in Me too. in San Francisco. I also looked this up. So explosive plays are any play that goes more than I think it's twenty yards. Maybe it's yeah. twelve. It's something. It's something a little smaller than you would think it is. It's, it's twenty. Twenty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I looked up explosive play rate on the aforementioned SharpFootballFocus.com. Of the teams in the NFC South, who do you think ranks the highest in explosive play rate? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Even pondering this question is gross. I was going to say the Saints. But that is, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. I'll say the Bucks. The Bucks, and where okay. do they rank? League wide. Yeah, like sixteenth. The Bucks are sixteenth. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Behind them is Atlanta at twentieth, New Orleans at twenty fifth, and Carolina at twenty sixth. Yeah. We gotta watch. We gotta watch either the sixteenth or twenty fifth ranked explosive play rate team. Lose a playoff game on Saturday, whatever, January 13th. Yeah, that should, that should be a lot of fun. I think it, I'm pretty positive it's 20 yards. I said yeah. that very affirmatively. I'm pretty positive that that's what it is, but I know like some sites will track 20 plus yard throws and then they'll track 15 plus yard runs. So I, you know, that's good. Explosive plays are explosive plays. Calm down. Right. Guys. Yeah. Let me, let me just pitch this, this to the NFL real quick. Okay. Just put the Rams, Packers, and Bears in and don't give an NFC South team a spot. Listen, it's an entertainment product, man. Make it entertaining. Uh, Well, college football did that, and everybody said they ruined the sanctity of the game. (laughs) Which, uh, you know, in college football's defense, obviously FSU should have been in. That would have been a wildly fun game. It's not like they just got completely blown off the field by a Georgia team that also didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, real quick, that I know it's not a college football podcast, but that was kind of like everybody's all fired up. Like FSU, like if you were an FSU fan who was like, Yeah, our team's gonna play Georgia, we're gonna show them like the big mistake they made not putting us in, and then twenty of your starters opted out. So they obviously <laughs> did not have the same sentiment about proving that point. It was a bad look for college football when one of your New Year's six bowl games ends sixty three to three. I didn't know it was 20 of their starters. 20 of their starters opted out. Yeah. That is brutal. Imagine if they won after that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> they would have made a movie about it. Rudy part it Rudy. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, you want to give me a headline? Yeah, let's see what I got here. Let's see if I got some headlines here for you, bud. 
So um, well, you, you, meant, you mentioned the Bears, so I'll, I'll jump to that one next. The Bears are officially on the clock. Do you have any idea where I'm going with this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> what could this be about? So obviously after the Panthers, like, performance that was so embarrassing, I think they sh- might have to move the team. Uh, and a 26 nothing loss to Jaguars. They've locked down the first pick, which means, therefore, the Bears have locked down the first pick. Justin Fields had one of his, hmm, Justin Fields might be the guy kind of days. Uh, played really well in their win against a team we will unfortunately have, are contractually obligated to talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bears run. There, I saw a video on the Twitter of, or no, I think Bleacher, uh, well, the video was on Twitter, but I saw it on Bleacher Report. And it was of like a chant that broke out during the Bears games of like of the Bears game that was we want fields. And it was like Bears fans letting the organization know they have their QB one. But it was kind of tough to tell because it was like with like wrestling, you'll see some video on Twitter and it'll be like, oh, this like chant broke out. But then when you watch the actual broadcast, it's like, all right, if you weren't in your section of the arena, no one else heard that. <laughs> So I'm not sure how loud it really was, but it does, you know, we've been talking about it all year. Is this Fields team still? So I just ran, while while you were setting up the segment, I ran mm-hmm. a uh, PFF mock, mock draft of the first round, and uh, the Bears took Caleb Williams. I put the slider for team need all the way to max, so. Oh, okay. So they still took, they still took Caleb Williams at number one. Yeah, but team need will take in numbers too much into account. Is the numbers say they need a quarterback, but recent performances and sentiments and this, that, and the other thing could could change it up. I'm still with you. Trade out. So trade yeah, out. I, stock I got the a, cupboard. I got a buddy who's a Bears fan, and he is now mm-hmm. firmly actually it's Tyler Karkara, a recent contributor to the website as yeah. well as co-host this Saturday for the Basky Pod, where we just uh, ended up talking about OG Ananobi. But he's fully on the keep field train. I got to be honest, about 15 minutes ago, I was too. But I don't think I am. I think I'm on the <laughs> trade fields, draft Caleb Williams. Okay. Fields is going in to next season. It'll be his, his they'll pick up his fifth year option, I assume. Mm-hmm. But that means you got one year left with Fields as your quarterback before that position becomes outrageously expensive. That's, I mean, you're if you draft Caleb Williams... You're getting four fucking more years of it. And yeah, it's kicking the can down the road a little bit, and you'll be able to get more assets if you trade the the number one pick. I mean, obviously, look how well it worked out for them mm-hmm. trading away one last year. I mean, maybe if you're the Bears, you think, oh, let's trade one again to the fucking Giants or something, hope that they flop and get num- another number one overall pick in the future. But you are getting... So much more value out of having a cheap quarterback now than you are for any other positional value in sports. And this Bears team has looked so much better since they added actual competent NFL players. They added Montez Sweat. They paid a billion dollars at linebacker. They drafted a left tackle who looks like a hit. They got DJ Moore in the fucking building. Their running backs have looked good. And then suddenly Justin Fields looks like a competent quarterback. I mean, it's not a big surprise there. And I think that they're still a few years away from contention and paying Justin Fields like $180 million over four years isn't going to get you any closer to competitive. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's I think the moves to trade to trade Fields and draft Caleb Williams one overall. So I will say this for Fields. And give me a moment to go through this, but he missed a few games this year. However, he has already currently posted career highs in completion percentage, yards, uh, lows and in interceptions, offensive PFF grade, passer PFF grade. If he throws a couple more tutties, he'll have a career high in that. Career high in big time throws. I'm sure like every you know GM's looking at the big time throws down on PFF when they make these decisions. Uh, his lowest season amount of turnover worthy play. So he is having his best year of his career. So that's that's Which promising. Is, it's also his first year with NFL caliber pass catchers like DJ Moore. Yes, this is the best team he's he's had around him in a minute. So but I do understand like you're weighing, okay, year three of this guy, he's finally starting to look like an actual NFL starter. But it took him to year three. And are we confident? Like he's still gonna have to make another leap next year for us to be a legitimate like contending team. Yeah, and my argument isn't even. It took him until year three to look like an NFL starter. My argument is purely if Caleb Williams or Drake May can be can look as good as Justin Fields does now in year one, you're getting so many more years of cap flexibility where you can actually compete. Because mm-hmm. unless you hit and draft Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes then those years where your quarterback's cheap is the only time you're winning a Super Bowl in the NFL right now. It's like the the 2013 Seahawks with Russell Wilson on a rookie contract. Yeah. Also, just want to point out this mock draft I ran has the best possible outcome where uh, Romeo Dunze goes to the Falcons at nine. Wouldn't you just love them taking another top (laughs) ten pick on a skill position player? (laughs) Like, What? Who is why can why is this such a pain in the ass to pull up? Who's the Bears GM? Ryan Pace. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Props Ryan to him. Pools. Pools, I think it's Ryan Pace, Pools. but Pools. he uh whoever it is. Props Ryan to him Pools. for the the work he's done over the last couple of years. And he has to be this isn't really fields related, but he has to be breathing such a sigh of relief over the last few weeks that Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards started like that all that money started being like, look like it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Cause early on it was early in the season. It was like, Oh, he fucked up. That's a lot of money tied up in the guys who are not performing. So, and the Montez sweat trade has started to pan out. So Montez are sweat up for the bears might end up being the first player in modern NFL history to lead two teams in sacks in one season. Wait, he's going to, Oh, was he leading the commies before he got traded? He still leads the commies. <laughs> And he's now leading the Bears? Or is he and close? he's now leading the Bears. Oh, wow. Defensive player of the year? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and we're all just going to forget about the uh, Chase Claypool trade, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> last thing on the Bears, and I'll, I'll kick it back to you for your next headline, is going into the, like, during our off-season talk, heading into the season, I was, like, really high on the Bears. They're going to have a big breakthrough year, double-digit wins. I was just a year off. Next year. Next year's the year, baby. <laughs> All right. The MVP is finally decided. Talk about it. Lamar has five total touchdowns in a game where the Ravens drop 56 on the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, as far as I can remember, this is one of the most contested MVP years. Mm-hmm. And Lamar is now the favorite at minus 20,000, and he'll presumably be resting next week. 
So unless Dak Prescott like breaks an NFL record for passing yards, he's probably not overtaking that spot from the number two spot. Brock Purdy's third. He'll be resting next week. I think we got this ro- locked up. I think it's Lamar. I think we finally got there. Yeah, last week I was speaking my bias opinion of why it should be Josh, but that required him to have like big games in the last two weeks, and he didn't have a strong game against the Patriots. So that's officially over and hyped for Lamar. Because going into the year, we were both like, people need to respect this man. He's about, I thought his revenge tour would be last season, but he was still got banged up. He's been healthy this year, and he's just been terrorizing the league. And this did kind of feel like, the last two weeks have kind of been those like massive performances that I think were missing from his MVP resume. Just like in the sense of those big performances that were all over social media, all over ESPN, like those like highlight performances that people that stick out in people's minds that kind of help get you the MVP. He's had two of those down in a row. So it's definitely locked down. Yeah. And the team's locked the number one seed. That's mm-hmm. always a thing that matters for MVP. Yeah. He's, going to be one of the highest players by EPA per play. And as much as it sucks that this is requisite, it is requisite. He got hot at the right time. He got good at the end of the season. So all the MVP voters are going to be remembering that the last few weeks Lamar played well and not that like weeks, you know, one to five, I don't know, Brock Purdy was the best player in football or something. Whoever you want to put in there, Tua Tungavailoa was the best player in football because those guys got hot at the wrong time. Yeah. Also, hey. quick just shout-outs to Todd Munkin, who comes in and this Ravens offense suddenly just, like, looks good, which is yeah. a crazy concept given that Greg Roman was like, hmm, what if we pretend it's the 90s and ran the ball every down? Yeah, the, the Ravens could be the, like, Eagles in the offseason where people are just going to be all over their their coordinators, especially McDonald. Their defensive coordinator yeah. is going to have people backing up the Brinks trunk for him, man. And also, uh, We'll talk about the Dolphins half of this in a second, but – if I send you the video, you think you can like interstitially cut in sound bites from the uh, remember back in Lamar's MVP year, Mark Ingram in the post game did that little like intro for him and he was coming to the thing. He's no, like, I don't MVP remember this. Front runner, number three, big trust. He's like, you got a problem with that? You come talk to me. Right. Now I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Yes, sir. Big trust. Lamar was the youngest MVP winner ever with his first MVP. And with this one, he'll be the youngest second time MVP winner ever. Yeah. Why don't we talk about him in the best quarterbacks conversation? (laughs) And. I, I think I've said it a billion times, but in the lead up to the draft, teams were like, would you change position? <laughs> yeah, and literally every team in the NFL outside the Miami Dolphins passed on him. Yeah, and this is just shows how, uh... oh, speaking of people passing on him, hey, NFL, no one made an offer. No one. The Atlanta no fucking one. Falcons didn't make an offer. The Washington Commanders didn't make an offer. What like, the hell? Like, this is a much, obviously, like a much bigger scale, but I mean, it was like this past offseason with Austin Reeves. We were like, no one made an offer. Like, no one challenged the Lakers to have to match something. Like, same thing with this. Yeah. Yeah. No one made an offer to an MVP winning quarterback who's about to do it again. Like, it's crazy. That is such a good point that I completely forgot about. 
How, like, borderline that should end up with 16 GMs getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> the 16 teams that don't make the playoffs. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, you didn't make an offer for Lamar? Like, right? I, I can get it if you're, like, the Bills and the Chiefs. End of list. Yeah, or Chargers. I would take Lamar over Justin Herbert. Yeah, that's fair. Right now, it's definitely fair. Since Which, Herbert's uh, been broken by Staley. Just uh, a quick quick note here. Um, Lamar Jackson's cap hit does start to balloon up in the next few years, but still, this year, $22 million cap hit. Yeah. For one of the best... Well, uh, this year, the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and with a, a player... like. When you have a chance at a QB like that, that's one of those, make the deal, we'll figure out the cap later. I don't care. <laughs> Just get it done. Amongst, I, I'm, amongst quarterbacks, he has the fifth most expensive contract. I am among the biggest Bryce Young defenders in the world. But you gave up a first-round pick in DJ Moore to get him. Well, technically two firsts, right? Because they swapped yep. their first, and then they gave up the, this year's and DJ Moore. And you, you could have just sold the farm for Lamar <laughs> yeah yeah and worst case scenario you <laughs> offer him the you know biggest contract in the NFL mm -hmm. the Ravens match it and you get two first round picks from the Ravens yeah no one did it no one had the balls it's unbelievable GMs yeah, are so dumb ridiculous. And, and I, can't believe, I can't believe you distracted me this much with it but I completely yeah. forgot about it and it is just insulting that no one else tried to sign him and then we're a like, quick point on the NFL personnel people being dumb and like asking Lamar to change positions. Did you see the Jalen Milrow comments? Yes, I did. At media day. Bill yeah, he's like Bill, yeah. Bill O'Brien told him to like, he shouldn't be quarterbacking to change positions. The best part was when a reporter asked him, like, how'd that make you feel? And Jalen Milrow was like, what if I told you, you like, he, uh, he said, how would it make, like, would you like it if I told you you sucked at your job? Yeah. And the reporter <laughs> just goes, no. He's like, well, there you go. <laughs> Which is great for me because I've been like super. I've always been anti Bill O'Brien, so he sucks. What do you mean? Look at how great of a job he's doing for the Patriots' offense. Oh yeah, he's doing a great job. I, I'm I pulled up this Lamar contract. He has a uh, a no tag clause after 2027. Oh, like good they can't him. franchise tag him. That's oh, isn't wasn't there also people picking on him because he was like his own a, a own agent i think those... yeah his, i think his mom's his agent or something like that but yeah something like that that's still like more players should follow his lead and try to get a no a no tag clause yeah the tags bullshit players tags, hate it yeah tags tags absolutely bullshit so good for him good for his mom he might yeah. actually be a free agent at 30 in 2027 which once again I... once again he'll be 30 <laughs> in four years we'll still have like what another four or five prime years in him you think? yeah yeah <laughs> Anyways, uh, this oh. headline was also supposed to involve other awards. What, do you have more thoughts on MVP? Can we just flip to the Dolphins side of it real quick? Yeah. Because, I mean, Tua didn't have a great day, despite Kyle Hamilton not even playing. Uh, Tyler Huntley decided to start tossing touchdowns on him. <laughs> you know Tyler Huntley also had a perfect passer rating? Yeah. Both Ravens quarterbacks had a perfect passer rating against this Dolphins defense. Bradley mm -hmm. Chubb now out for the the year with the torn ACL. Oh, yeah. hey, by the way, uh, the Knicks and Timberwolves are playing right now. Oh, 
Congratulations on the W. Yeah, you don't want to know the score. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, there's Dolphins people who are all like upset that they scored that last touchdown. It's like, what do you want them to do? What pe- people getting upset over other teams running up the score? Get upset your own team. Thank you. That was my exact point I was about to make. Like, you couldn't stop the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like, whose problem is that? Like, y- y'all really want to be talked about as Super Bowl contenders when you're letting uh, Huntley throw all over you? Really? Yeah. Who neither of us has said his first name yet, because I don't think either of us know. Is it Tyler? It is. You're right. It is Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. I wanted, I said, I had to say Huntley because I couldn't remember if it was Taylor or Tyler. Um, You also like Gus Edwards? Like put up sixty eight yards and a touchdown on you. Come on, yeah. guys. Come yeah. on. It was it was such a shift from they like eke out the win against the Cowboys. They finally beat a playoff team, and then they just got. It, you said there was a chance of like a come down game. I'm not like I'm not calling you out on this and saying, man, you were wrong. But that that, that was like a fair point. Like who knows? They get the massive win against San Fran, a bit of a come down game. They apparently they came into this dead set on we're locking up this one seed and. We're, you know, going to be in the spa all week next week. They also let a fullback score a touchdown. I mean, it was like a league play and everything, but come on. Come on, guys. Chase Claypool got an end zone target, though. Yeah. He plays for one of those teams, doesn't he? Oh, for Miami. That's right. Yeah, I was going to see if you could figure it out. Uh, and then, I know we're going long, but deal with God, it, people. tagline of this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the podcast that goes long. Um why, like Miami leaving some of their starters in late, and then Bradley Chubb tears an ACL. Bad, bad look. Yeah. Although they did, uh, they did pull Tua Tagovailoa out, and Mike White proceeded to immediately fumble the ball. So we're not like the the White Lotus isn't <laughs> no. isn't having a big year. I uh, so the Maryland QB is Tua's brother. Tyloo, Tony, Tony Tony Bailoa, right? Yeah, and he's gonna be. I believe he's <laughs> we, gonna be. We spoke the... at the same time, so you didn't hear. We me. did. Yeah, I called him. Well, we I called him Tony. Tony, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's Talia. Yeah, Talia Tungavailoa. He's gonna be in the NFL draft, from my understanding. And I really want the Dolphins to pull like a Bucks, where they just get all the Anticuampos. I want them to oh, draft yeah. all the Tungavailoas. I kind of hope the Jets draft him. Oh, get some. Tagovailoa on Tagovailoa violence going. I love it. Tagovailance. There's something there. We'll work <laughs> sounds like it. A, we'll work it. That sounds like a coalition of <laughs> Tagovailoas. Uh, so to keep things moving along, yeah, I did have some other awards I want to talk about here that are still up for grabs but are basically locked up. Mm-hmm. That I think that there's an argument for at least the top two guys. First off, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Stroud sitting at minus 850. He's missed some time. Still think there's some room, Mike. Still think there's a chance. Puka Nakua sneaking in there. He could. He'll have, I mean, he'll have 1,500 yards on a team with Cooper Cup. Just say, yeah, you know, Puka. It was pointed out to me yesterday that the Puka. Bills could have drafted Puka, but instead we took Justin Shorter. Um, um, the Timberwolves could have drafted Steph Curry, but instead we took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio ahead of him. So I, you never get over these things, Mike. They they stick with your soul forever. They, they do. Um. Yeah, like Stroud, happy to see him healthy and back. But even, like his performance yesterday was so-so. Yeah. Uh, but so obviously the losses of like Tank Dell and company 
have hit him hard. I could see maybe. I mean, I'm still saying Laporta should be. <laughs> Laporta's third in the odds. Okay. Well, as long as I, I understand he's a tight end, but and he won't have like the massive yardage of a Puka. But as long as he finishes like you know top five in the voting, I won't be upset. But Puka could definitely get in there. Yeah. Plus four fifty, you can still get it right now. Puka, good win, offensive rookie I mean, of the year. Just they're not. Could they're playoff. They're not locked in yet, so they got to win next week. Correct. Right. So Puka's going to be out there, Pukin, going hard. Well, Stroud's in the same situation. Yeah. So uh, this could be like a week 18 decision. Whoever has the big game gets their team to the playoffs, wins the award. It will probably be Stroud either way because he's a a quarterback, Quarterback. and that's that's the only position the media cares about. Next up, defensive rookie of the year. Early in the season, it felt like Jalen Carter – Baby Rhino, was mm-hmm. anointed as the winner of this. He's sitting at minus 500 currently. Just a reminder, Lamar, minus 20,000. Stroud, minus 850. Jalen Carter, minus 500. So a lot closer. Mm-hmm. But Will Anderson. Hey. Will Anderson, plus 350, got two sacks to bring his total up to seven and 14 games. So you stole my point. Roll Tide, baby. Will Anderson, two sa- I mean, he only had 12 pass rush attempts. Which makes yesterday. it even more impressive. Yeah, but he had like a 45.5% win rate. I don't know how that math works out on PFF, but he had two sacks and four QB hurries. So that should be 50%, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, by the way, like limited touches, but making the most of them. Like, I love that pick in the draft, and it's, it's working out. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter is going to be playing next week because it's a must-win game, but he's been mm-hmm. he's looked gassed for a minute now. He hasn't been the defensive yeah. impact that he was to start the year. And Will Anderson, man. Will Anderson's been cooking down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, injuries on that defense, just whenever that happens, other players can start to get exposed some or overworked more. And bad defensive play calling because Matt Patricia. Oh, that's true. Did Matt Patricia become the albatross around Jalen Carter's neck for Defensive Rookie of the Year? Is that what's going to cost him it? Is that Matt Patricia came into the building combination of that and injuries to other players probably yeah. did it yeah. and the fact that this is the first season he's playing pro snaps did a college snaps and he's just i mean it's a it's a long season in the nfl man yeah if anything it's more impressive for guys like like puka for a rookie to go like end to end of a season performing like that is actually very impressive we need to get all of like the hawaiian guys on one team yeah, Hawaiians and Samoans. Fucking, they play football. <laughs> Tell him his girlfriend wants him to play. Um, oh. <laughs> next up, coach of the year. Stefanski has this one a little locked down, but we do have a Stinky oh. Steichen versus D'Amico Ryan matchup for a playoff spot next week. Could the winner of that game walk away coach of the year? I hope so. I don't want fucking Stefanski to win another one. <laughs> yeah, how will it make you feel that Stefanski will have more Coach of the Year awards than the Buffalo Bills have in their entire history? I Although, that might already be true. That might be. If if you're gonna give the award to someone on the Browns coaching staff, you probably just give it to Jim Schwartz. But <laughs> that's my yeah. personal opinion, the defensive coordinator, because I don't think this is a Stefanski thing. Like he's gotten so lo- like. The defense has been amazing, and he got lucky that 
Joe Flacco. Like, I like people who are like, oh, Joe Flacco out there slinging it. That's not surprising. What did the one thing Flacco did good with Ravens was he threw a nice deep ball. That was always like his best attribute. This isn't anything new that the old man can stand still in a pocket and throw a deep ball. Like, let's all settle the fuck down. Listen, three touchdowns, one interception this week for, for old Joey F. There are some situations in football where that things. That was a pick six? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you said, he's throwing, like, he puts up the numbers, but he throws these interceptions. They're always like the worst throws of the week. <laughs> yeah, I think I texted you on, uh, what was that, Thursday night that they played? I think I yeah. texted you and said Joe Flacco has four total touchdowns or four passing yeah. touchdowns. Oh, yeah, because I texted you and said I can't wait for the one, like, member of the Cleveland media with an MVP vote to vote Flacco. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, the, when the final votes all come out, it'll be that one first place vote for Flacco. Uh, sometimes, some teams, things just fall so perfectly in place for them. You have to notice that. Not guys like The Stink and D'Amico Ryan who have actually fought through adversity to take these teams places they should not be. I think, I think if, I, if I had a vote... Man, that sentence I could not start with saying two consecutive words that weren't the same word. If I had a vote, I think that I would take the stink. I was stinking. He loses Anthony Richardson early in the year, gets Gardner Minshew as the the backup plan. Minshew has some terrible fucking games, man. I mean, he has like some three interception games in there. Mm -hmm. And they're still in a spot to make the playoffs with like fucking Alec Burks looking good. Yeah. They, even with Richardson, I don't think this team was expected to be a playoff team. No. It was like, oh, it's going to be fun to see how, like, Richardson plays as a rookie, this dynamic player, how he balls out. We'll see what happens. This was supposed to be, like, a development year, see what we got. Like, head-to-toe, roster-wise, like, defensively, I think you would say, going into the season, you look at the rosters, you'd be like, all right, Cleveland has more, like, impact players defensively. Some people would say that, yes. Yes. Uh, offensively, they're Amari Cooper. You know? They're kind. Of, they're kind of similar in that they both had like Nick stud Schultz. running back. They both had like a stud running back, and then like a guy who's a top wide receiver. <laughs> like that's kind of it. You put Michael Pittman in the top wide receiver conversation. Well, no, but like they had a guy that you could be like, yeah, he's a wide receiver one. <laughs> But I don't know. Now Cooper's throwing for one season. You know, Cooper's catching 260 a game. I I don't know anymore. A game? (laughs) Like he does that every fucking week. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I mean, I don't fucking know anymore. It's the stink. It's the stink. It's the stink. Uh, Last, last award here. Defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett's the favorite. It's been a two horse race for a while with him and Micah Parsons, but I think, I think it's finally Miles Garrett's year to win this award. It's Miles Garrett. These are the two guys they always want to give this award to. Like, they, for so long, they've been like, ooh, got to give this award to Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons. And then every fucking year, it's like TJ Watt comes in and has 20 sacks or something. But they have wanted to give these guys this award for a minute. Yeah, voters love going, going for the big Midwestern corn-fed motherfucking white boy. Pretty defensive player of the year, I guess, with the Watts. I but, get, uh, yeah, and the Bosas. Um, yeah. I get where you're going with that, but you said big corn fred midwesterner and in my head i was like wait which one of miles garrett and micah parsons are big midwestern corn fed white boys i think i said big midwestern corn fed motherfucker something like that white boy was in there somewhere white boy was at the the, the very end it was the crescendo of it but but this year it's not like oh they just want to give it to him it's like oh miles garrett deserves this award 
yeah. like a hundred percent. Man, I was I pulled up defensive player of the year. And uh, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, Stefan Gilmore, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Cleo Mack, JJ Watt, JJ Watt, Luke Keekley, JJ Watt. They love giving this award to corn fred white boy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Luke Keekley. He had a, like a stretch there where he was on fire and then. Yeah. yeah. He played his last season for the Commanders. Oh. Huh. Exciting. I wonder why. I don't, that's funny. I don't see a lot of Keekley jerseys out and about when I see commies fans. <laughs> Hopefully you don't see a lot of any jerseys out when you see commies fans. Usually if I do, it's the less PC jersey, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, that's... that's <laughs> fuck, that one headline took us about 15 minutes. You got another headline for us? Yeah, mine... What I have left are, like, quick hitters. So, won't take up too much time. First one is... it's I wrote down, no, we're not doing this. Okay? I know Mason Rudolph has come in and won two games... <laughs> But if anybody starts talking about Mason Rudolph, Steelers QB of the future or some shit, he's an actual starting NFL quarterback, I'm going to lose my mind. We're not doing this. They already confirmed he's starting their must-win Week 18 game. Yep. Hey, listen, 274 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions? That sounds like MVP material to me. (laughs) We're not doing this. Shout out Najee Harris finally having a game. Yeah, uh... Mike, if I told you he had 122 yards and two touchdowns, how many yards a carry would you guess? I was I looked at it earlier, it was 4.5. Okay, yeah. Because at first when I saw his numbers, I was like, I bet you he averaged like 3.8 a carry. That's what I was thinking. I was I was assuming that he had 122 on like 37 well, carries. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, it was actually above four. Which above four is like my my threshold. Yeah, because then if you run it on in three straight downs, you should get a first down. Exactly. Um, but once again, Najee Harris, big headliner for this one. Uh, Jalen Warren averaged more yards per touch than him. Damn. Najee Harris stays in uh, Pittsburgh numbered? Well, everyone stays in Pittsburgh numbered if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. That's true. Very high uh, BMI average in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, you are talking about like how players eventually – okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, probably, uh, like, but I, w- this might just be another Tony Pollard situation. Like, is Najee Harris going to, you know, get cut, go sign with the Patriots, and then Jalen Warren's going to go to average 4.1 yards a carry instead of five? Is it just that the, the change of pace back has so much more luck because they come in when the defense is tired on third down? That definitely plays a factor. Real quick, I want to say that my comment about the BMI and Pittsburgh was definitely the pot calling the kettle black considering I live in Buffalo, New York. (laughs) So I realize that everybody, um, I live in a pedestrian city. Also, how the fuck did George Pickens have 131 yards and no touchdown? Uh, that's a, uh, that's like a Julio Jones asked that line. Julio Jones who had two touchdowns on Sunday. Oh, wow. Good for him. Still kicking. Uh, yeah, I think with, that's like always a constant fear with running backs is like, if we take away this guy, what's this guy going to look like? The Cowboys, I think made the wrong decision. Well, I mean, getting rid of Zeke wasn't exactly the wrong decision, but thinking Pollard was the dude, uh, was definitely the wrong choice with one ACL. Now didn't, didn't go. Warren's younger though than Pollard and actually healthy. So, well, yeah, but will he be in three years when they finally cut Najee? I think, I think they can, uh, this is fourth year in the league. 
this is this is this is his third year. I'm sorry. I think this is his third year. So wouldn't they have to decide whether or not to pick up his fifth year option after the season? Yeah, this is his third year. Um, yeah. But he doesn't have a fifth year option because oh. he wasn't a first round pick. Yeah, he was, wasn't oh. he? I thought he was. Why is he have an option here for a fifth year? That's weird. I don't know. Maybe they already. Oh no, it says fifth year option available. Okay, we're good. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. By the way, everybody who was concerned listening to this podcast, LSU won, baby. Cash that bet. Live bet plus 132 when they were down touchdown. Fucking easy money. Brian Kelly trying to make up for leaving Notre Dame high and dry the way he did. Remember when he started talking in a southern accent? I'm so happy to be here down in good old crawdad Louisiana eating some gumbo. Was that his idea or did like someone come to him and go, hey, Brian, we're thinking that for your time in LSU, you should pretend to be southern. Because all these dumb hicks don't know where Notre Dame is located. <laughs> it was, it felt like something a campaign, like someone running the campaign would tell, like a politician. Even further than that, it sounds like something that someone would have told Julie Louise Dreyfus in uh, Veep. Yes, that's that vibe. Like I could imagine a politician who was like born in Boston would be doing some speeches in Massachusetts, and they'd be like, "All right, we know you don't really talk in one, but we need you to do like a Boston accent for this." It's like when you go see a Rolling Stone show and they tell you that your city rocks harder than any city in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Jalen Warren. Yeah, we somehow got there from my headline <laughs> saying we're not doing this with Mason Rudolph. Uh, you got any more thoughts, Pittsburgh? Can I give you my no. last headline? Give me your last headline. So I want to talk about the Week 18 schedule there, Mike. Ooh. Here's, here's, I have four games here that matter in a vacuum. They matter regardless of the outcome of other games. Cowboys-Commanders, if the Cowboys win, they cleanse the division. Bucks-Panthers, Bucks win to cleanse the division. Bills-Dolphins, winner takes division. Loser probably makes the playoffs, but obviously you want home field. And Jags-Titans, if the Jags win, they cleanse the division. Beyond that, we have Texans at Colts on Saturday night where the winner will probably be a wildcard team, but could win the division if the Jags lose. And then on, uh, well, anyways, so those those are the, the big important games there. Did I miss any? Did you say Bills Dolphins? Yeah. Okay. And now you got them all, I think. <laughs> so they have Dallas, Dallas at Commanders and Giants at Eagles, both on the afternoon slate on Sunday. Big props on that. Big props. No, no scoreboard watching. No one finding out who won and being able to sit everyone. Let's hope this game stays close so that we don't end up with, you know, the Eagles putting in backup quarterback in the third quarter because they don't need to win anymore. Mm -hmm. They also put Bills Dolphins on Sunday night. Was there any other game you think that earned that spot? Any other game that mattered as much as this one? No, I mean, the AFC South matchups are kind of big, but they're not like on paper as sexy of a game to advertise as Bills Dolphins. So it, yeah, it made Bills, sense. Bills Dolphins, whoever wins, wins the division there. There's no yeah. other, there's nothing else that can affect anything there. Yeah. There's, and if, there's no other dominoes to fall. That's the domino. Yeah. And it's even bigger because if things don't fall Buffalo's way early in the day, that can become Bills either win the division or they're out of the fucking playoffs. So, there will be a lot on the line in that one. The only other thing I thought of is maybe, possibly, they it could have ended up being the Romo. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm getting over a cold, so um, it could end up being like 
I don't know if like Romo went into CBS and was like, I want that game, Jim. Better get me that game, Jim. <laughs> and then it could have been like the Romo game at 425. But no. So the, the funny thing about it being the night game is, as I was telling you before we started recording, I'm going to Chicago next week. Um, not this upcoming week, the following week. And my, I have a tra- I'm taking a train there. I love to ride that rail. And it leaves at 1230 Monday morning. So I'll literally be watching this game and then going to the train station. So depending on how things go, uh, I can either be, you know, pretty Inside lit. Inside the on train the... or in front of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could be either be pretty lit, celebrating on the train, keeping everybody else up at one in the morning. Or uh, it's going to be the most depressing 10-hour train ride of my life. Either way, there will be a lot of alcohol involved. Yes. I, uh, I already have my, my GIF picked out on my phone, ready to tweet for when, if we win. Okay. Do you decided. have one? You, do you need to pick out one if you lose? It's like when Michael Scott, when Holly's back and she's supposed to break up with her boyfriend, and he has a happy box and a sad box. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll have to, no, I haven't got one yet. I've yeah. tried to okay. stay positive. Yeah, stay positive. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> otherwise it'll be just all the more painful leading up yeah. to that game that they're inevitably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Hey, fuck have you, you have you looked at the line on it yet? It moved big time. In what direction? Cool. I, I, I don't know what it opened at. So I I was talking last night uh, with someone, and they said that it opened like prior to like yesterday's action because it was in Miami. It was Miami minus one and a half, and it has now flipped to Buffalo minus three. Yeah, it's Buffalo minus three now. Yeah, it looks like it was Miami minus one and a half at opening, and now it's flipped to Buffalo minus three. Is that Does Bradley Chubb make a four and a half point difference? Is that what I that think- was? It's a combination of a little bit of the Chubb injury, a little bit of the Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> got a little Chubb. And a lot of they got shit smacked by Baltimore. 54% of the public bets coming in on Miami. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be, be a close betting one. going to be a close game. And, of course, we all hope that it ends in a tie. No. <laughs> I think we need either Jacksonville or Houston to lose. Yeah, you, there's, there's a bunch of scenarios where you guys yeah. get in. I mean, it's... Okay. It's going to be, at this point, it's more likely than not that the Bills make the playoffs. It's just a question of division or wild card. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, any other headlines? Nope. Just wanted to give a shout out to two of the hot QB battles we had yesterday. Uh, Aiden O'Connell versus Garden Minshew and Easton Stick versus Jarrett Stidham. Oh, my God. I watched so much of that Broncos game because I had money <laughs> on, on uh, uh, fucking, what's his name? I already forgot his name. <laughs> Javante Williams. Oh, okay. And... Uh, Whew. Boy, those quarterbacks are bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. As it is New Year's Day, I figured we could uh, get some <laughs> podcast take sports <laughs> resolutions going here. I don't know if you have any down, but I got a couple of them. Oh, so I didn't. I wasn't sure if this was like we were making up New Year's resolutions for teams or our own personal ones. Well, once again, as always, I appreciate that you texted me and asked ahead of time what I intended. <laughs> I'm I'm an agent of chaos, so I was like, yeah, we'll figure it out on the day. So do you have a, do you have any? I do. I have some for other, for teams and sports personalities. Okay, they're for teams and sports personalities. You know what? I got two for myself. So uh, let me get those out of the way, and then we'll hear all of your weird ones that you came up with for like okay. Geno Smith or something. All right. Smith. First off, my New Year's resolution as a professional podcaster, I am never going to have a Seattle Seahawks take again. Don't care what happens. I've gotten it wrong every time I've tried to have one. I'm always 
a week too late on them being bad and a week too early on them being good. Yeah. I am never going to have another Seattle Seahawks take. That is my first resolution of 2024. Yeah, I feel like we should talk DK Metcalf a couple weeks ago. Oh, we uh, yeah, I'm sure we did, right? Yeah. But then again, we weren't shit-talking him because he wasn't producing. We were shit-talking because it was like, you're still not <laughs> that guy. He runs two routes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, and then I you know, called him fraud watch or washed or something. They came out and won a couple games in a row. Then this week I said, I'm done doubting them. They're good, and they immediately lose. Just just done having Seattle Seahawks takes. I said, I don't know. I don't know if like, they're going back to Smith after Locke's big win, and everybody chuckled, but all I know is yesterday they were down by a touchdown, got the ball back, and uh, Geno Smith fumbled. So you know who wouldn't have fumbled? Locke. That's why his last name's Locke. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My other resolution, my second of two resolutions, I'm going to let QBs have a few years before I declare them good or bad. Thank you. I really came into this year being like, Fields is bad. It's time to move on from Fields. Do whatever you can. Get off Fields, you know. Trade for Kirk Cousins or something. But he's looked legit down the stretch. He looks like he's really improved. I think we've seen that with a few other quarterbacks in the past. Quarterbacks sitting behind other guys learning the position. You know, quarterbacks who aren't MVP caliber in their first few years, but really start to perform and do well. I mean, even like Kirk Cousins, a guy that came in and relieved for RJ3 in a few times and just fumbled the bag every time. But then once he got his own starts, got some rhythm, turned out to have a pretty good fucking NFL career. Yeah. Um, I will say this resolution, the only quarterback excluded from it is Bryce Young. He sucks. <laughs> I somehow knew that was coming. <laughs> I, like, I got up this morning and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, get my podcast notes done. So I was just ruminating about the day of football that was. And for the first time in my life, I went, you know, Adam is right. Bryce Young's pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not giving up on him. He can get around it. It'll be fine. But I did have to, I did have to accept that. <laughs> 19 for 32, 112 yards, one interception. He got outplayed by C.J. Beathard. Yeah, but he slammed the tablet down. <laughs> that, that worked out great for the last guy I remember doing that. Um, <laughs> I Obviously, his skill position group is awful. D.J. Chark dropped two touchdowns. But the guy yeah. can't throw outside the numbers, and I am I look well, like more of an NFL athlete than Bryce Young does. He can throw outside the numbers. He can throw last... downfield outside the numbers. That's not arm talent. You have to drive the ball in the intermediate outside the numbers. You have to fucking beat defenders outside the numbers to have arm talent. You were going to... I I know you're vegan, so you're going to be in trouble next year when you have just plates of crow to eat. <laughs> when they get no first-round draft prospect in the building? Dude, when they go 6-11 and 11 next year, <laughs> you're going to be so sorry you said anything. You want me to, you want me to run a two-round mock draft so we can figure <laughs> out who the Panthers are going to take with their first pick? No. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the Panthers aren't going to suddenly improve by four wins on their fourth coach in six years under David Tepper. All right, Mike, any, uh, any other, uh, what what we're doing? Resolutions. You got, you got a resolution? You want a resolute? Yeah, I got some revolution, revolutions, resolutions. Revolution is a mystery. It is. It's, oh, I see what you did. It's evolution. (laughs) What? For anybody who needed the joke explained. I have a New Year's resolution for David Tepper. Your New, Year, your New Year's resolution is to not throw drinks on fans from the opposing team. <laughs> oh, man. David Tepper is going to get in with two barrels today. Just a heads up for later in the pod. <laughs> okay. Like, not cool, bud. You can't. 
Can't go out there doing that, man. What's that about? <laughs> My next resolution is for the Denver Broncos. Your resolution is to no longer keep thinking you're a quarterback away. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since the late, great Peyton Manning retired, (laughs) you have thought quarterback away could be Brock Osweiler, could be Paxton Lynch, could be insert tall QB here, could be small QB Russell Wilson. It hasn't been. You're not a QB away. Stop. And my last year's resolution is to Patrick Mahomes. And your resolution is to stop being a whiny little bitch when you lose. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs really took a heel turn this year, didn't they? Fucking complain about yeah. everything. Yeah, because they're losing football games. They can't handle it. It's going to be literally, this is the first time it's ever happened. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to play a road playoff game. Never happened before. Assuming that they don't lose in the first round. But Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. And correct me if I'm wrong. So if Bills beat Dolphins, we're the two seed, right? Um, if yep. Bills beat Dolphins, Bills beat the Chiefs already this year, right? Yeah, we have the head-to-head, so we'll be the yeah, two seed, which is wild. Seed. Yeah. When you consider where we were a while earlier in the year, and yeah, I think so- if the Bills lose to the Dolphins, they could be the seventh seed. What a swing! Yeah. Five yeah. seeds based on one game. AFC has been uh, competitive this year, uh, but if we Trying get to the two the seed, NFC hasn't. So we no. <laughs> but if we get the two seed, there's a strong chance that the outcome, if we win in the first round, and so does Kansas City, that Kansas City will be coming to Buffalo for the first time ever, I think, in the Mahomes era. <laughs> He'll have Seriously? to come to Buffalo. Is that true? Yeah, all, we played them twice in the playoffs. They were both in Kansas City. We've played them the last three years straight in the regular season, one each time, and they were all at Arrowhead. There's no way they're all at Arrowhead. One of those had to be yeah. in Buffalo. Well, maybe it was. Maybe I'm misremembering things. Yeah, because they, they, they alternate. Do they? Every time you play a team. So, no, I, like, if you, play, if you play Kansas City and you play them again two years later, you'll play them once at home and once away. Yeah, I don't think it alternates if you're Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think, uh, all, probably, I think yeah. State Farm comes in. Yeah, They're State like, Farm no. and Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Show up, yeah. And Fuck Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> two things at once, Mike. I can't stand him. I like him. I hate Travis Kelsey so much. Like sports Kelsey. hate people. Calm down, but I hate him. Do you also sports hate Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah. I don't think she counts. She's not a sports. She, she just looks at, like at the game. And she's up, just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> football. <laughs> Who's the uh... so? <laughs> oh, what? What show? Uh, I think it was an episode of Friends where Phoebe dates. Um, oh, it's been Alec Baldwin had a guest spot on it. He was dating uh, Phoebe, and he was like, everything was the most amazing thing ever. Like he would always be like, oh, this, this like, I would be like something small. Like this cup of coffee is immaculate. It is amazing. Like everything was like grazing ever, and it got annoying. That's Taylor Swift at football games. Does like he end that episode by shooting someone behind the camera? No, he just. Oh god. <laughs> just didn't. I didn't remember the episode. Just wanted to check. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Got any more resolutions there? No, those are all. All right, how about we uh, how about we move on to our Falcon segment then? If we have to. No, we got to. Only one more of these left. Praise the Lord. You know, if I could say real quick, going into this, when we d- made this decision, I was like, oh, this would be cool having like an official team town alone for the season. This will be a team we're really going to like 
deep dive into, know everything about. It'd be awesome. And then as the year went on, it was just like, I don't want to know anything about the Falcons. This is painful. Well, you know, you were definitely right. I feel like I do know everything about the Falcons at this point. I think, I don't even think, for a fact, the team I have watched the most this year is the Falcons. And it's not even close. I've watched the Falcons at this point 32 times. Jesus. To some level, right? Like yesterday I didn't I didn't dedicate a screen to them. I had them I had red zone on. But I did watch them back today. <laughs> I don't think the Falcons were in that in the red zone very often. Uh they were on red zone because they show interceptions on red zone, Mike. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so the Falcons lose 37-13 in an elimination game, by the way. This was the playoffs for the Falcons, and they lost 37-13 to the Bears. Heineke pulls a full Heineke, throws three picks, one touchdown, and then he gets benched. Whew. They really turned that one around. They bench him. Bring in Desmond Ritter. And you know what Desmond Ritter immediately does? What? Throws an interception. Damn. <laughs> Falcons, Falcons lose the game. Season's over. They, they got not. one game. Li- okay. <laughs> If, if like I guess they could technically make the playoffs with like a tie or something. You I have don't know. a twelve percent chance to make to win the division according to ESPN. how is that even possible? I think they're gonna need they, a lot of help. They but. have to win and Carolina has to win next week. Is that how that works? Uh I think so, yeah. Oh my god. I'm begging. I'm begging New Orleans or Tampa Bay. You just gotta win one more, guys. It would be so great just because your Bryce Young hate if he somehow gets the Falcons into the playoffs and you have to Bryce- watch him more. Bryce Young and I are in a rivalry that he doesn't know we're in, but he has a chance to win. Yep. <laughs> Although, oh, fuck. I was going to say if Bryce Young wins, it could give the commanders the first pick, but it can't even. They already sealed it. Yeah. Uh, Bryce, don't do this to me. Don't no, do this Bryce. to me, Bryce. I like Bryce. your call, John Mater. I'm a big Alabama guy. Does that do anything for you? Roll Tide. Not really a ton to go in here. It was just a miserable performance mm-hmm. by Atlanta. I figure we'll just go ahead and get get our two things every week. I try to guess the top five PFF grades and then hand out three stars. It's like hockey, but not. Mm-hmm. So uh, start here. You got your five PFF grades ready there, Mike? I do, and I will say that you can tell. You always can tell it's a bad game when I go to pull up the PFF grades, and I have to skip a lot of people who have like the highest or among the highest graded because they didn't play. They had like six makes. snaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they played like twenty percent of the snaps. So. All right, starting off here. Chris Lindstrom, got to be in the top five. Crushed it. 88.3. He had a huge downfield block on the only fun play for the Falcons, which was uh, a big Bijan run. He had a great downfield block on that. Second, Tyler Algier, who I think was their most effective skill position player on the day. So he did not make the list. because He was up there, but he did not play enough snaps. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I should have thought of that. Yeah, he only played... 11 of their 59 offensive snaps. Uh, Jake Matthews is going double offensive line. No. Hmm. Surprising. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. interesting. Uh, fourth, Calais Campbell. Campbell. Yes, 85.8, number two. Yeah, he, he had a, a big day. And number one, the always stalwart, Jesse Bates. Yep, he was number four at 69.6. Nice. He so was the, the closest guy on a touchdown they gave up, but besides that, I feel like he had a pretty big day as a box safety. Yeah, I remember. I know uh, PFF or their grades are like, it's like a plus if you're the closest guy. <laughs> if someone scores on you. Yeah, like, adds about 20 to 30 points to your grade typically. Yeah, they're like, hey, they didn't give up on the play. So 
<laughs> uh, so the two you missed were number coming at number three. Should have got this one. The center, Drew Dahlman, 73.2. And then uh, number five, a name who has not been on this list, I think, at all this year, got the start at the slot corner position, Mike Hughes. Huh. 69.4. That was my response when I read that, when I saw that. <laughs> I said, huh. That's I what said, I, I said. I said, huh. I said to myself, I said, huh. <laughs> All right, those are those are your your top five PFF grades. Only one of those left on the season. So PFF, this is the end of your free subscription service. You now have to start paying us to say your name on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we will expect our first check in the mail. Mike, go ahead and say your address. One one one. This fucking guy. Street Road. <laughs> My three stars way. of the week. What's up? What's up? I was, I was gonna let PFF know it's a hundred thousand per mention and it's forty thousand per letter. So, and you have no say in how many times we do it. So, yes, PFF, PFF, PFF. <laughs> All right, at three stars of the week, third star giving that Taylor Heineke. Just want to thank you doing a solid <laughs> as a Commanders fan by ending the Falcons. Significant chances to make the playoffs. You know, I rooted for you for a few years. You did good for me by throwing three interceptions. I appreciate it. First thing I thought is how happy you must have been that the Taylor Heineke discourse was ended after one week. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about things I don't need a resolution on. When I'm telling you not to be in on the backup quarterback after two weeks, I am right. Yeah. Second star goes to Chris Lindstrom slash Jesse Bates, both of them. I don't know if you guys are going to make it, but both y'all deserve an all-pro team and the bonuses that come with that. You guys have been fucking awesome. Yeah, Falcons line this year has been, like, their their best thing. <laughs> yeah, Falcons line and Jesse Bates, who looks like the best safety free agent signing of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's he's it's like he's up there with Lyle Collins. You're the, or not Lyle, Landel, 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Landel Collins, the year that he won Defensive Player of the Year after signing with the Giants. Yeah, I don't want... I don't want to out myself here. Outside of the Bills, like I don't know how many offensive lines I think I could name, and like entirely the starting group for. But now because of doing these PFF grades, the Falcons are all like burned into my head. Yeah, you got some of them right. You definitely got like Lindstrom, Matthews, Dahlman. Yeah. Ooh, it gets harder from there. Oh yeah. I got I got the uh, I got the Dallas. I, I think I got three on the Dallas Tyler and Tyron Smith. Travis Martin. Am I missing? I, I'm missing some people there. Lyle Collins isn't still there, is he? In Atlanta? In Dallas. I was oh, trying to do Dallas' I'm, line. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Mm. I was just going to say we uh, we forgot Caleb McGarry starting right tackle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Matthew my first Burr's star. Go ahead. <laughs> my first star goes out to Drake London. <laughs> 10 targets, four receptions, zero drops. Poor guy. I mean, he's got Taylor Heineke throwing behind him by three yards. Yeah. Imagine getting targeted 10 times, having zero drops, and only ending up with four receptions for like 48 yards. Bad bad day for my bad QBs. Usually like key in on they're like middle of the road targets or like lower down the depth chart uh receivers like rudolph just kept feeding pickens heineke yeah. kept heineke kept attempting to get the ball to 
Drake London. Yeah. I know. I, if if you had given me money and said, just bet this on one receiver to hit their over on receptions in this game, I would have put it all on Kyle Pitts. Because it's like, Heineke's going to throw it his fucking tight end. Kyle Pitts had five targets, one reception for five yards. Well, since Heineke was playing, I thought somehow it would have been Logan Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm a GM, that's my move in the offseason. We got to get the greatest tight end QB combination ever. Heineke and Logan Thomas. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and move on to our weekly awards that we give, up, give out every week, where these awards are etched in stone. I don't think we've ever changed them through this entire season. They are always the same awards. First off, stop here, Mike. I'm going to eschew the wheel for this week because, uh, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to eschew the wheel. Mike, you want to give me your game of the week? Oh, yeah. Game of the week, hands down. It was Cardinals-Eagles. Yes! Hands down. Absolutely. First of all. Let's all take a moment, point, and laugh at the Eagles. All right? (laughs) Now that we got through that. So Arizona's down 21-6 at half. They come out in the second half. Say it with me, Adam. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. (laughs) Kyler Murray. I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know we were doing Jack Harlow. We are. That's the new song. Get out of the way, Martha Stewart. Uh, second half goes 13 to 14 for 133 and three touchdowns. He's doing this to like the Dorch, Greg Dorch, yeah, Michael Wilson, dorked. Trey McBride. <laughs> get this man, Marvin Harrison Jr. I want it <laughs> so bad deep down. I want it so bad. Uh, second half drives for them were 10 plays, 75 yards and a touchdown, nine plays, 77 yards and a touchdown, eight plays, 77 yards and a touchdown, and then seven plays for 70 yards and a touchdown. James Conner just had a Conner thing where he comes out of nowhere, even though he's 45 years old, <laughs> runs for 128, gets the game-winning touchdown. Did you know Michael Carter's still alive? Really? Former New York Jets draft pick. <laughs> yeah, Michael Carter's still alive. He went seven for 61 yesterday. Obviously, Cardinals come back, beat the Eagles, 35-31. Philadelphia is losing their mind right now. And thanks to the Cardinals and a bad call by Brad Allen and the refing crew on Saturday night, uh, Cowboys once again have a chance to win the division. You never want to be a referee that everyone knows your name. Or I guess apparently what I've learned this year is that everyone wants to be a referee that everyone knows your name. Right. But just uh, a couple of other notes on this game that I want to point out. The only thing that you missed in that first half, like mm-hmm. you, like you said, twenty-one to six, that included a ninety-nine-yard pick-six by Sidney Brown. Oh yeah, that was like Murray's. He had the one interception in the first half. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a ninety-nine-yard pick-six. Yeah. Second, Homer moment. Two ways this helps the commies. One moves Washington officially to number two in the draft with the strength of schedule tiebreaker. And two, this makes Dallas need to win next week. Because they can win the division, right? Like, no one's locked in. Dallas and Philly aren't locked in. So now the Cowboys have to try against Washington next week. Which means Washington might lose that game. Might get locked in number two. No, no, it's, it, it's in Washington, right? Yeah, who cares? It's FedEx. The Cowboys are a different team on the road. Every, everyone should be lucky if you don't have shit rain on your head at some point in that stadium. Oh, you stole my joke. I was going to say Dak would be driving for the game-winning touchdown and then a pipe would burst and he gets shit in his eyes. <laughs> great we both got fucking fedex field jokes man i can't tell you how heartbroken i'm gonna be if my favorite football team wins week 18 i'll feel bad for you i'll be inconsolable yeah 
You won't find. Uh, it'll be like when Walter White wanted to go co- cook in the desert and pretended to have a mm-hmm. fugue state when he came back into town. Well, like you'll find me in three weeks wandering naked on a street somewhere. I mean, even if you don't get two, hopefully you could still get three. Because no. the cardinal, if the no. cardinals get, if the cardinals get two, they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. No, they're going to take a quarterback. No. Did you not that, hear my? Enti- they shouldn't take a quarterback because Kyler Murray's an MVP caliber quarterback, but yeah. they're going to take a quarterback. Kyler Murray. Put it on her shirt. Copyright. Trademark. Download. 2024. Our first trademark of 2024. Look at that. Someone call our lawyers. Blah, blah, blah. Isn't that you? Aren't you the lawyers? No, I heard blah, blah, blah. His law blog? You, sir, are a mouthful. All right, Mike, my first award this week, the Brandon mm-hmm. Staley, rest in peace, memorial, worst coaching decision of the week. I Mike, I'm going to do something unprecedented here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this award to David Tepper. He's <laughs> <laughs> the worst coach of the week. <laughs> A lot of steps to get here, to get an unprecedented yeah. award win for an owner as the worst coach of the week. First, goose egg, zero winning seasons since he bought the Panthers. Second, He's fired three coaches in five years. Third, traded the entire fucking house for Bryce Young. Congrats to the Bears on clinching the first overall pick while having a 7-9 and nine record. Fields is affirmed, and you have an outside chance of making the playoffs. You still get the number one overall pick. And fourth, you dumped a drink on a Jags fan. You're a billionaire. Way to go, David Tepper. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, I feel like it's punching down at this point. <laughs> How did Tepper get his make his money? He's a, a hedge fund guy. Yeah. Nothing sounds douchier than being like, yeah, I'm a hedge fund guy. Especially a hedge fund billionaire. Hedge fund billionaire. I've so. seen Wolf of Wall Street. I know you're just throwing little people. <laughs> you're throwing little people? Trying to bribe the FBI to not investigate you? Banging penny stock prostitutes? Yeah. Trying to Remember bribe John Hill? Hamm. Remember when Jonah Hill's like banging the penny stock prostitute on the conference table in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. You could bank a prostitute in front of your entire co-working staff. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, Jonah Hill was always so like in that movie, he was just on either Coke or Quaaludes the whole time. He was all horned up. That, that scene when they take like the old, old, old Quaaludes. Oh yeah. And then it, the DiCaprio like drives home really slowly. And then it cuts to what actually happened. <laughs> Cinematic genius. As Martin Scorsese would say, this is cinema. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Mike, you want to give out your next award? Yeah. I mean, the uh, next award on the rundown is Fraud Watch. I don't know if you have a Fraud Watch award. That was kind of tough this week. I feel like everything went the way it should have. Like, we can't call the Jags frauds anymore, can we? No, we can call the Jags frauds. What do you mean? Uh, They won 26-0 against the Panthers. I mean, with C.J. Uh, Bethard. Are we going to start the Bethard? That's Bethard, kid. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, top five NFL quarterback. I would say um, I would say Ewing Theory, but Ewing Theory means your best player is out, and obviously Trevor Lawrence isn't their best player. Yeah, I'll let you uh, give out Fraud Watch, and then I just got some bonus after that. I got some bonus as well. So uh, I gave the Fraud Watch out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I get it. I'm a week too late on this. Usually we try to give this out to someone who succeeded and is on Fraud Watch. But they gave up 20 points to a Saints team that averaged 4.4 yards a play. (laughs) 
and only managed to score 13 points while averaging seven yards a play on a team with Mike Evans. They're going up against Carolina, who is currently a six-point underdog to them in Week 18. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Carolina plus six. Carolina, pl- Ooh, yeah, I don't hate that. Carolina plus. I mean, I'm. I mean, Bryce Young saving the best for last. So, how many Bryce Youngs would you have to put in a trench coat to get one Vita Vea? <laughs> At least three. Yeah, right. And he um, still only weighs half as much. Yeah. Someone Photoshop that. Mike, you going to Photoshop that? For every 100 likes or retweets, I'll add another Bryce Young inside of a Vita Vea jersey. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Ooh, all right, Mike, you want to hand out some bonus awards? Yeah, so my first one is the Nail in the Coffin Award. Goes to Arthur Smith. <laughs> Man, really, really fucking kicking the shit out of Arthur Smith today. <laughs> yeah. Uh I feel like it was like kind of teetering. He might get lose his job. He might not. But I think this was like that terrible performance that can kind of tip the scales into like, yeah, we got to move on. Uh, coming down the stretch, season on the line. Obviously, like I said, they're still technically alive, but they'll need some help. And it's uh, unlikely. Get their ass kicked 37-17 by the Bears. A game where I think was Atlanta slightly favored by like a point or something. I think it was Bears minus one and a half, but it okay. was close. Whatever yeah, it was. So it was close. Uh 300 yards offense, defense couldn't stop. Justin Fields, bad look. Four, four turnovers, totally blown out in time of possession. For a team that is supposed to be run the ball, shoe clock, they could not do that at all. If Joe Barry, right, decides mm-hmm. to go be the head coach at Colorado next year, do you take Arthur Smith as your OC? Joe Barry? Who's your fucking offensive coordinator? Joe Barry's the defensive coordinator for the Packers. I misspoke. <laughs> Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Yeah, and Joe he, Barry's the Packers, uh, uh, D.C. And Joe Brady can't take the head coaching job at Colorado. Deion Sanders is head coach at Colorado. For, for now. <laughs> for we'll now. See how things, we'll see how things land this offseason. No, why would I want Arthur Smith as my OC? I'm saying it's Joe Brady's gone, right? He decided that oh, he really the likes Elon. Take him. Yeah. He decided yeah. that he really wants to be Elon Musk. And so he goes and colonizes Mars, right? So the offensive coordinator spot is open in Buffalo. And Arthur Smith slaps down his resume. You hiring him or not? No. I'm uh, I'm telling Terry Pagula to go frack any unfracked land he can find and pay uh, Ben Johnson the highest offensive coordinator contract ever in the history of football. Well, you're going to have to really outsell him getting a head coaching job somewhere next year. That, that's true. All right, Mike. <clears throat> my uh, my first bonus award of the week. I'm giving out the Notre Dame Dumb Gold Hat Boy of the Week Award. <laughs> How I'm dare you? Out, I'm giving out to Kyron Williams. You're changing my awards. <laughs> who, who had cultural 20, appropriation? <laughs> Twenty carries, eighty-seven yards, three tutties in fantasy championship week. Yeah. Way to way to earn your fantasy manager some sweet sweet cheddar there, Kyron. Enjoy yeah. your dumb gold hat. How dare you? You know there's real gold in there, right? In the paint for those helmets. There's also real gold in Goldschlager. I'm still not going to drink it. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. You get another award, Mike? Yeah, my uh, my other bonus award is the... I changed it up. I called it the Kangaroo Carry Award. You know, because they, they, they're they marsupials. They carry their people in their little sack. They don't carry any people in that sack. <laughs> no, they could, but... <laughs> 
be a tight fit. But yeah, so and they have long legs, which goes with the winner of this award. Yeah, kangaroos have long legs, very strong legs. I thought they had big feet, like sideshow Bob. Which fits with the winner of this award, Mr. Harrison Bucker. Six for six on field goals carries the Kansas City, like stale, boring offense. I can't do anything. To a victory, dumb. To a one-score victory over Jake Browning in the Bengals. Yeah, Harrison Bucker's not there. They they lose that game. They shot Harrison. Yeah, Harrison Bucker's not there. They score what eighteen less points. It's pretty significant. Yeah, it's pretty significant. They would have lost the game. It's like a young one coup game. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're shouting out Kyron Williams in Fantasy Championship Week. Harrison Bucker. Yeah, but definitely kickers in fantasy. He definitely won some league that still has kickers in it. <laughs> like he definitely won it for someone. It is kind of wild that the Chiefs managed what one offensive touchdown. Yeah. Despite having Isaiah Pacheco have 130 yards and Rasheed Rice have 127 yards, and they got one offensive touchdown. Yeah, they're they've struggled in the red zone all season. Maybe Fucking Patrick embarrassing. Should go cry about that instead of about officiating. Yeah, maybe do more all-state commercials. I didn't stay far. <laughs> all right, my final award of the week. We already went over this, so I'm. Uh, I, I'll try not to get too deep in things that we already mm. we already mentioned here. But uh, my my final of the week, my final of the week, my final award is the Hooten and Hollerin Game of the Week Award. This is different than the Game of the Week because the Game of the Week was Eagles Cardinals, mm-hmm. but this was the game that I was hooting and hollering at, which is of course. Baltimore at Miami. Baltimore wins 56-19. We already went over that. Lamar Jackson, perfect passer rating, 356 total yards, five touch- passing touchdowns. Zay Flowers, three for 106. Once again, affirming my whole, hey, what if we just passed it to Zay Flowers take from the start of the year? Mm-hmm. Including a touchdown on when they just did a Dolphins play, but in a Ravens uniform, where they had Zay Flowers motion from the left side of the line all the way across to the right side during the snap. Just got him going full speed at the line, catches the pass, and runs it in for a touchdown. Other fun stats from this game, Isaiah likely has two receptions and two touchdowns. He's come on so strong. Yeah. Mark the defense who? Gets, yeah, right? I don't see Isaiah likely volleyball set and passes into the stands. Defense gets three touchdowns. And the only reason I didn't watch the end of the game with Mike White in was because I had to – focus all my energy on the Cardinals beating the Eagles I was hooting and hollering too every time I I saw the score change I cackled even harder (laughs) until it eventually was just like a breathless cackle I was like (laughs) that's gonna come through great in an audio format (laughs) I don't even even think the mic picked it up (laughs) (laughs) all right Mikey any other awards this week that'll do anything we missed that we need to talk about here you got any Sunday night football thoughts do I love three touchdowns I mean, I watched all the game, but that is just because I hate, like, Dick Clark's Rock and Eve and all that shit. So, <laughs> I watched all that boring game. Any thoughts on Bo Melton leading the team in receiving yards? Yeah, I'm sure he is definitely a, a real person. <laughs> oh, yeah, so his name is Bo Melton. But whenever... Yeah. Uh, who do they got in the booth now with uh, Collinsworth? I always forget. Tariko. Yeah, Tariko. Whenever he'd say his name, I'm like, did he say Old Melton? <laughs> I, I it always tripped me out. Great I think story. That's a folk song. Yeah. 
rapid fire here. Um, you did, did you didn't take a sufficient victory lap on Buffalo over New England by six points. No, I didn't. But I also like expected that going in. With the like I said it last week, with the exception of that like perfect playoff game, Belichick lives in our heads and always plays this stuff. So it was expected. What about Detroit Dallas? You want to? We already kind of gave our takes on it, but uh, illegal man downfield, you know, ruining the game. Uh, illegal, illegal touching. Illegal touching. Yeah, because Decker. Which I think is why Woody it. Allen isn't living in the United States yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Deshaun still plays football. <laughs> um, It'd be great if they threw that flag on him every time he stepped on the field. <laughs> illegal touching. Deshaun has throws his arms up. You know what you did. <laughs> um. Yeah, not not a good look. And there's like video of the other linemen coming up to him and reporting as yeah. ineligible. And then also the clip of Dan Campbell screaming, "I told you," because I guess yeah. I I didn't know that that was the thing that coaches talk to the refs before the game and like, "Hey, here are like some of the funky plays we might call," just to give and you a heads up. This has come up two weeks in a row, by the way, because on Monday we were talking about the Jair Alexander thing, which mm-hmm. is where we found out that Matt Lafleur goes and tells the refs the coin flip decision before the coin flip. I did not know there was this much communication going on between refs and coaches. Me neither. Yeah. Campbell was fired up. I, I will say this. I, I fuck it. I know like at first when he got hired, it was like a little cringy, but I love Dan Campbell. It's by kneecaps. Kneecaps, baby. Going for it on fourth. I like it. I like the being like, hey, we already won the division. Fuck it. Like, we're going for the two to win it. Except I bet at one, I, I live bet early in the first quarter, Detroit minus two and a half. I, the live spread was Dallas minus two and a half. I basically flipped it for like pl- to get it to like plus one sixty eight. I bet that. So they score and they come up for the two and then they throw the flag and I'm like, all right, just go ahead and kick the extra point now. Let's go ahead and take this to OT so you can kick a field goal and cover my spread. <laughs> but damn, Dan Campbell would not be denied. Nope. <laughs> uh, I think we covered every game. Mm-hmm. I think we hit all of them. And guess what? We did it in less than two and a half hours. You PFF pieces of shit. That's another hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So. Real quick, give me your predictions. Bama, Michigan, and Texas, Washington. Who you got? I'll, yeah, I'll take all four. You can't. Mm, I just did Come that. Come on. Just pick some. All right. Uh, what's the second game? Who who in Washington? Texas, Washington. That one's going to be probably the more exciting high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm going to take take Michigan. Boo. Oh, come on. I've been on Michigan all year. I love the Connor Stallion stuff. I love, <laughs> I love sign stealing. I fucking love sign stealing. I told I was talking to a Michigan fan the other day and I was like I personally I'm glad that Connor Stallions in Michigan did that because it was the most entertaining and hilarious story in college football this season absolutely was so I'll take Michigan and Washington because I was talking to a guy this week who went to high school with Quinn Ewers and said Quinn Mm -hmm. Ewers was a dick okay so I'll take Washington and Michigan I've been uh obviously on the roll tide bandwagon for weeks now so i'm i'm all on bama i bet the money line plus 112 um washington's that that spreads a lot closer than i expected yeah washington's the dog right now in that game Mm -hmm. but i just michael Penix and the huskies refuse to die so i'm not going against them anymore (laughs) um as much fun as it would be and i'm sure like espn would love for ratings purposes to get bama texas rematch uh, I'm going Washington, and I'm sure I'm sure Michigan Texas would also do good r- ratings wise, right? They just don't want Washington in there. That's really the yeah. only bad situation for them. Yeah, uh, and the last point of these games is Fanduel. Just 
like some free money to throw out there to people. FanDuel's doing a, a Ryan Rosillo boost right now. That's a hundred thousand dollars Ryan Rosillo for us mentioning you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama to cover plus three and a half and Washington to cover plus seven and a half. It's boosted to plus two thirty. My God, very good, very good, very nice, very profitable. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got any plugs? Any any final week NFL stuff? Uh, no. Looking forward to the Thursday pod to uh, talk about the big week 18. Um, But before we get to that, been sick, as you can tell. Came down with uh, polio. So I had to get a wheelchair. Is that why you're in a wheelchair? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I had to get a wheelchair and a blanket. And I told everybody that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. (laughs) Smoking one of those long cigarettes in the plastic holders. (laughs) Yes. No. So that kind of threw off my on Saturday situation. I apologize again that during the holidays, it's kind of become like a biweekly article. Um, but I'm going to be working on it throughout the day today to like, literally I, a guarantee from me is it's going to be uh, up tomorrow with very instant reactions to the college football playoff games from tonight. And other than that, follow me at town alone, Mike on Twitter. You can follow me town alone, Adam on Twitter. We'll have our Thursday pod. And on Saturday, we will have Baskey where, uh, like I said, started last week. Sorry. We got caught up doing, a ton of basketball talk. Didn't have end up having time for any hockey talk. Um, check out the League Pass watchability rankings. Those come out every Tuesday. And Team Town Alone, which comes out every Friday or Saturday, obviously. Going into Week 18, so probably going to need to figure out a new shtick for the playoffs. But, uh, yeah. Be sure to tune in back on this podcast feed for the Thursday podcast where we'll be watching, looking forward, predicting, making assumptions about Week 18. And with that, Mike, your thoughts on OG Ananobi? Pass. But I will give a shout-out to the MVP, third leg Lamar. Wow, that was a good one. Thank you. Um, New York's winning 73-58 over Minnesota right now. Suck it. <laughs>